The Beyond the Cubicle podcast is sponsored by BrandResumes.com. Whether you're a recent college graduate or mid-career professional, Brand Resumes is what you need. From enhancing your resume to your LinkedIn profile, to posting your resume to the top job boards, and even applying to jobs for you, Brand Resumes does it all. Not to mention their flexible ordering options, where you can choose to pay upfront, over eight weeks, or over 12 months. Brand Resumes works one-on-one with their clients to ensure success, and they write resumes across all industries. They are the resume experts with a proven track record of taking care of their clients. Invest in your professional development and personal brand today. Go to brandresumes.com. That's brand, B-R-A-N-D, resumes.com. So today, we have a special guest in the building, Yes, and we're going to be talking about mental wellness, which is a new term I picked up last night. Mental wellness. Not mental health, not mental uh, issues, not mental sickness, mental wellness. So that's what we're talking about today. Yes. On this episode of the Beyond the Cubicle podcast, right after the intro. Mm. stuff social media facebook twitter and instagram this is btc where else oh youtube we're back on youtube awesome, awesome. check out those episodes there awesome also continue to send us your feedback via the email that is pod btc at gmail.com pod p-o-d b-t-c at gmail.com there it goes Special guest in the building this week. Yes, Been yes. looking forward to this episode. Yes. Joining us today, <laughs> good, 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 good friend of the show by way of my my lovely wife, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, Charmaine Simmons. Hello. Yeah, she is a certified therapist. Look, I don't want to botch your credentials. <laughs> As soon as you said therapist, no. we start thinking of Listen. friends that we have, oh. and we like we didn't know should we come over and visit, right? Put them on a the bus, drive through your yard. What yeah. we gonna do here? What, what? we gonna do? And, and on top of that, it's like I think it's like six letters after the name. It's like you know, I'm, just, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not gonna botch that. <laughs> Well, it's funny because, like, a lot of times when I say I'm a therapist, people are like, well, what kind of therapist are you? Like, physical therapist? And I'm like, no, I'm like a, a licensed professional <laughs> counselor. Like, I do mental health. And they're just like, oh, okay, you want them. You work with crazy people. I'm like, no, nah, I don't work with crazy people. I work with normal, everyday people that look just like us. But, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and then that's help. exactly where we'll be going that's, today. Because yeah. that's it's, it's interesting that that's the first thing that comes to people's mind, working with crazy people. Yeah. But that's what we say. Yeah. That's true. That's that stigma, though. Yeah. That's true. I ain't that's crazy. That's yeah. true. So so let's so let's get to know you a little bit. This is what we like to do when we get our guests on. Um, a little bit about your background. Are you born and raised in Houston? No. I'm a Navy brat. So really? yeah. My parents are both from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And um by the time I came around, uh they were my dad my dad was in the Navy, so I was born and raised for the majority of my life in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Nice. So when I graduated from high school, I went straight to Atlanta, to Clark Atlanta University. That's where I got my undergrad. And then um, I didn't move to Houston until 2016. Oh, so you've only been here three years? 
Uh, four. Three, four years? Yeah. Uh, 2015, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, Sweet. 2015. Okay. So. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, so Virginia Beach to Atlanta to Houston, mostly. Mostly. I mean, I, there was some, I mean, we spent some um, three years in Bermuda. So I started school over there, which was pretty cool. Yeah. It's very yeah. British. It is, yeah. It's, it was it's very British and very... They follow the protocols and they're just... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pink houses and pink sand. Yeah. I know a handful of people from Bermuda that I went to college with. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's, that's 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 where I get my reggae roots from. That's how me and Danielle, <laughs> we connect. Because, you know, that's I think right. that I'm from yeah. the islands because I, I live there. <laughs> well, I claim it. <laughs> yeah. She's you know, the Jamaican roots there for yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then, how did you, how did you find your way to... Um, what was your major side? Was it psychology? Not at all. Um, <laughs> so I was saying when you before you walked in, yeah. I, uh, so I was the the college kid that actually changed their major like five times. Like, yeah, I was. I was. I started off wanting to do journalism. Nice. So where I was going to do, you know, I wanted to write for like Vibe magazine, The Source, like because I, I love music. Um, so but then hip, it went from hip hop head. I'm such a hip hop. <laughs> we own East it. Coast, like Wu Tang. I grew up Wu Tang. We own it. Yeah, we own it. Um, Man, I feel left. I'm over here with the last poets. Y'all just y'all messing hey, with me. Last poet, too, baby. I like Frankie Beverly and Maze, too. Uh, 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 you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come on, you know, <laughs> old, old soul over here, bro. <laughs> no, no. Old soul. Oh, I'm going to the hip-hop. Oh, I'm going to the hip-hop. You're going to get fresh your own, baby. <laughs> so, anyway, um, I actually, you know, went from um, PR to radio, TV, film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To healthcare, so community health education, and then I ended up graduating with community health education and um, concentration in healthcare management. So okay. I was going to go, you know, either working in a hospital or mm-hmm. in the nonprofit route. I was yeah. really big into like health and like child obesity. Uh, okay. So um, in my mind, I was going to establish a, a nonprofit and make you know change lives and you know conquer the world that way but mm-hmm. I never got a job so you know I needed money after I graduated obviously um, did not want to move to Texas because at that time my parents had moved to Texas yeah. um, so you're still in Atlanta I was in Atlanta okay. you know working at Nordstrom and mm. <laughs> wasting my college mm. degree in Clark Atlanta. You was getting a discount, though. You was getting a discount. Oh, yeah, that's where part right. of my money was going. That's part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so needless to say, I was a terrible salesperson. Really? But the the client, with, with uh, working in that uh, store, you built relationships with your clients mm-hmm. or with your customers. So mm-hmm. the customers that I had stuck with me because I listened. Mm. So they would tell me about, you know, I'm going through a divorce or my kids are driving me crazy and da-da-da-da-da. And then they'll take you throughout the whole store. So yeah. you get that commission while you just uh, listen. That's so That's true. Yeah, my um, Keep talking, boo. Coworkers. Yeah. I know. Yes, my coworkers yes. like, you should just be a therapist. And I'm just like, I never thought about that. Because mm. that's yeah. always been my MO. Like in my friend groups, I've right. always been the listener. I care. Mm-hmm. I'm nurturing mm-hmm. and... Those are elements that you really can't teach. No, you, you know, no. either you have it or no, you don't. That's very so, true. I just went to school. I found a school. I, um, I went to school at Richmond Graduate University. It's a Christian counseling school because mm, okay. at the time I was kind of like delving into ministry a little bit. Mm, um, mm-hmm. But then I also didn't want to pigeonhole myself. Mm-hmm. Right. So Richmond is a school that integrates theology with psychology, mm. um, so that you can have a license. You know, you can 
graduate and be licensed to work in secular settings or if mm. you want to work in church-based settings. So, mm-hmm. you know. That's interesting. Yeah, I just oh. thought I would be a light in a dark place anywhere yeah. I go. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. That, yeah. that was a really great experience. Okay. So, and then from there, so, so, Ridge, where is that, Ridgemont? Richmond. Richmond. Graduate University. Where, where was that again? Atlanta, Georgia. And then, so then you followed that path, got your, is that a master's? Yes, I got my master's in marriage and family therapy and okay. I specialized in child and adolescent therapy. And then you ended up here in Houston. Yeah. And what what was your journey like when you came, when you came here, like actually getting into the field and things like that? Um. So I graduated, I've been in the field since 2009. I graduated mm-hmm. in 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Atlanta, I was, you know, after I got licensed, I worked in private practice out there. So I worked nice. in like, I've worked in residential facilities. Uh-huh. I've done in-home counseling. I used right. to work with kids a lot. Yeah. Um, and then I used to have my own <clears throat> coaching business where I was coaching young girls. Um, it's like a self-esteem empowerment mm-hmm. group. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my age group was ages 14 through 17 and I was uh, getting them, you critical, know, just my whole time. goal was to keep them off the pole. In Atlanta, that's you know, that's a, that's a real goal. Yeah. But I'm just like, I just gotta keep them off the pole like Chris <laughs> Rock said. <laughs> I forgot about that joke. Yeah. There's so many self-esteem issues in oh, that age yeah, group. It's for just sure. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, males and males and female. Oh yeah. yeah. Like males and female. Yeah. Um, so were there any challenges that you kind of faced as you were coming up, whether it be um, from a, a, a race standpoint, gender standpoint? Yeah. Um, I think when I was in Atlanta, because mm-hmm. it's a more of a you know black. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's, mm-hmm. I don't, most of my clientele were black. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I realized when I came here is that people don't really care. My clientele, mm-hmm. I have black men, black women. Mm-hmm. I have white men. Mm-hmm. I have white women. I had Hispanic, Latino. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I yeah. really do. Like, people, and, and at first I'm like, a white man wants to see me? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> am I the only therapist in your area? I mean, I'm in the Heights, so I'm like, right, right. you chose why? Um, but one of the things that has been a challenge for me that I've really have been transmuting and to, to be a strength is like, I had to get over my perfectionist tendencies. Whoa. You know? That was huge because I know this stuff. I study it. Yeah. I immerse myself right. in it. I know what to do. Right. Like when I have an emotional moment, when yeah. I have like stress coming at me every which yeah. way, and family members yeah. getting sick, and yeah. Yeah. breaking up with boyfriends, and then and then I gotta pull myself together to be somebody for somebody else. Like I'm like I feel like a hypocrite. Let me ask you this: Is there a common theme? Because you do what you do, you deal with a lot of different people. Is there a common theme that you can hear running through a lot of mm. what you hear from all of us? Absolutely. Um, there's a couple. A lot lately, I've been getting a lot of um, codependency. A lot mm. of codependency. A lot of um, low self-esteem, low mm-hmm. self-worth. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to show how we truly feel or we don't want to speak up for ourselves because mm-hmm. we're afraid of losing those relationships. So I people please, or I um, I stay quiet, I go along, but I, and then all this resentment is building up. And one day I just snap. Yeah. And one day I not even snap. I'm just overwhelmed. Like I mean, when I think of snapping, I'm thinking, well, yeah, panic attacks. 
Well, I mean, I wasn't thinking. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking as violent as that. Well, I mean, but, yeah, we just talked about that last. But week. we when we get so full of resentment, one day yeah. we go to to heck with you. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe the relationship didn't have to end up at that mm-hmm. point had I been okay enough to communicate. Yeah. Right? But I think that's where people just go, okay, I'm done, I'm out. Mm-hmm. They go from passive to mm-hmm. aggressive, and Got they it. miss out that whole middle path of, of what <laughs> yeah. it means to really just be assertive, Got you it. know? But so. It sounds like, like even when they go from one part of the spectrum to the other, it's really the process has been happening the whole time building. It's just nobody saw it. Yep. But them. But them, right, because <laughs> right. they're not speaking up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm, that that fear of fear of rejection, fear of uh, confrontation mm-hmm. um, is something that I know a lot of people suffer from. I've, I've dealt with it. I still deal with it, just me and myself, because I'm the... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's not easy. It's big. and yeah. Everybody has it. Yeah, you, have it. yeah, especially like in my career, yeah. early on, until yeah. I met this guy, yeah. right? So the first part of my career was uh, I'm an observant person. I can sit back and watch. So the first part of my career, I'm figuring out this... Um, the rules to the game thing just by watching. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was telling him I was blessed early on with like great managers. Yeah. So my first manager was a black lady. Yeah. We connected. I had been searching for a job for two years. I was in Alabama, moved to Atlanta, and it was just like, all right, and still no job. Finally, get an interview, black lady. She just happened to be from Greenwood, Mississippi. No. Which is 25 to 30, 30, maybe 45 minutes from where I grew up. And I'm like, that's so crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. We know where that came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we clicked yeah. right off the bat. And it was wow. it was a situation where I put a chip. I told him this, too. I put a chip on my shoulder because I was, like, when I came out of college because got made fun of when I was in college because I'm from mm-hmm. Greenville, Mississippi. Oh, like, you're a country book. Yeah. Da, 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 whatever, right? So, okay, cool. Y'all going to make fun of me because of how I talk. Sweet. Okay, cool. Y'all gonna make fun of me because I'm from this small area. Okay, well, I didn't grow up with as many opportunities for exposure to some of these other things that you have. So, okay, cool. So now I got to work against that. So then Uh I get to this big city, Uh and it's like, oh, now I'm really in it. I didn't have the internships in college because I had to work through college. So it's like, okay, there's another chip. Okay, fine. I'm just going to show you. All I need is one person to give me a chance. Uh She gave me that chance. I was like, I promise you. I'll take you. Nothing let you down. And so I'm in a position now where at now, work now I'm, I'm, I'm a go-to guy. Yeah. I'm one of the more tenured senior senior accountants there. Da, 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 right. But early in that in that journey, like I'm I wasn't about to just go into my manager's offices and have a conversation if she mm-hmm. wasn't initiating that with me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I'm watching people get promoted. Mm-hmm. What is that about? Where's mine? Right. I'm working hard too. Right, right, right. You know, so like you said, that resentment builds up. So it happens at work and it happens in your personal career. Absolutely. My story is similar because I was coming up resentful. And, of course, because I felt because of my tan that Mm -hmm. some things were going past me. Mm -hmm. And then I had a mentor named Harvey Coleman who taught me the same thing. And he said, nope. In fact, here's what he said. He said, there will be a black president of Coca-Cola. And they will put him in that position because he is a superior performer and has an incredible network. He will just happen to be black. Mm. The light slowly came on. Ooh. Then he left us with this. 
He said, the, uh, all of corporate is a game, and the game is about people, and what you invest in people will be the return that you get. Yeah. Now, both of us can attest, and we have this conversation, and right. I know in, in your, and, I, and I'll throw this out for your, your comment, race notwithstanding, gender notwithstanding, there are relationships that are out here to be had if we can get, get over ourselves long enough to build a relationship. There are people that will help you. Let me ask you, in your in your background, have there been people of all races, genders, and whatever that have supported you and helped you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what we're trying to That's what yeah. we're trying to Yeah. Because, I mean, when, once you get in that council, like I said, once you get in that yeah, council room, you don't know. Like, we, we have to, like, there's, um you have to be culturally sensitive. Right. You know? So, I, going from an HBCU to a PWI, like, it was a culture shock, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I'm also a Navy brat, so I, yeah. you know, I, I already kind of knew how to code yeah. switch and, you know? Yeah. Code um, switching. <laughs> code switching. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> um, but, but, but when we see beyond the color, like, we all want the same things out of life. We do. We all want to feel a sense of loving, yeah. love, and belonging. Yeah. That's that's another common theme that I see with a lot of my clients and with, with everybody. Yeah, my, my experience, you know? my experience, my personal experience in corporate America is I've run into very few actual racist people that are just because of your just yeah. just because I run into people who are more um, uh, prejudiced against performance mm. and. Like all the stuff that we talk about, your performance, how you present yourself, um, her, how good are you, what's your relationship with them, and that's mainly it because, you know, they try to, like, spirituality is one of those taboo topics mm -hmm. at work or in the, in the corporate workspace. But those three things are definitely the things that I, I can definitely point to and say, yeah, that's why that person got promoted. It's kind of like 48 Laws of Power. Oh, it is 48 Laws of Power. Yeah, 48 Laws of Power. Yeah, like I see people playing that game. I'm like, oh, okay. That yeah. Is, yeah. That's yeah. a bit Machiavellian uh, in, in, in the way things are conceptualized in there. But it's the part of, and I want to ask how this flows into mental wellness. Did I say that right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. In the workplace. Yeah. Um, it's madness in the workplace. If you're ambitious, there are people that are also ambitious. So you're trying to get into the same funnel at the same time. Uh, there are people that suck up. There are people that hit you in the back and take you to lunch and buy you coffee. There's just madness yeah. when the human side, and we, when we talk about the, right. it's not connected spiritually. Right. Mm -hmm. The human side is, is vicious. Yeah. Right. How do I stay okay? I was going to say sane and use some of the colloquialisms we always use. How do I mentally stay okay in the madness? Oh, man. Um, the first thing is recognizing that ego. Because mm. all of that is ego. Mm. You know? <laughs> Anytime we have a power play yes. or, you know, control, you know, mm. I, I sit back and watch. I'm like, y'all ego. I mean, when you can recognize that your ego is being provoked right. or your ego is taking control, you can tap into yourself and just take a minute. That's when that mindfulness, yeah. you know, comes in. It's yeah. like, do I have to respond? Do I have to engage? Is mm. this going to make a difference if I do? 
And if I do, how can I engage in a way that I'm not, I'm taking more of a stoic mentality towards mm-hmm. it, you know? Because, mm-hmm. of course, I understand you do have to play the game, mm-hmm. but you don't have to necessarily be emotionally attached to the game. To the game I like that. You know? I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's perfect. So I think maybe it was uh, an episode a couple weeks ago. We talked about, I think it was three ways that you can um, develop their, build and develop your relationship with your boss. Mm -hmm. And the first one, the first thing was like, you got to kill your ego. Yeah. And and my my theory is that's probably our biggest battle when we wake up every day. (laughs) It's like fighting, fighting our own ego. All day, every day. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's in, in, in Eric made the point, it's in everything. Yeah. Your yeah. interactions at work, your interactions with your kids, your interactions with your spouse, significant mm-hmm. others, whatever, right? Oh, it's yeah. there. Um, yeah. Now, there, here's another one that kind of throws us. There's a taboo around getting help. in Like, we came here talking about being crazy, and of course, mm-hmm. you helped us find the right phraseology oh. for that. But we we do that because if I said, and and you know this this my homie, mm-hmm. but if it was just a random person, man, I need a therapist. We would make a a quirky remark. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just crazy. Yeah, boy. yeah. What's the taboo? Well, first of all, why do we have it? And I don't know. Is it more pronounced in the minority culture mm-hmm. than it is... No, I just yeah. said, is it more pronounced in the black community? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. I would okay. say black and brown people. Yeah, black yeah. and brown yeah. people. We, we have a lot of st- valid, you know, reasons for the stigma. I mean, if you think about, like, the Tuskegee Project, you know, uh. you know, it stems back to, like, you know, we just have a general mistrust of the medical profession in general. Mm-hmm. So, and I look at, you know, mental health is part of the medical profession because uh-huh. A, you know, your mind and your body is connected. So starts there. You know, if you're stressed out and your heart is is, you know, beating out of control and you know, you feel like you can't breathe, you feel like you're having a heart attack. You go to the ER and they tell you, "Oh, you're fine. You're having a panic attack." <laughs> you know, because your mind and your body are connected. Right. So, you know, one of the things that I, I think you know, those those mindsets get passed down from, you know, our, our, our grandmamas and our mamas. And, you know, uh-huh. then we take it on as our own because it's like back then it was a real thing. Like we we ain't trust the doctor, you know, yeah, back right, then. Right. But now it's like, you know, we have more research out that's showing that this is something that is right. beneficial. Um, and then I can also say, you know, back in the day, I mean, they were cutting people's frontal lobes off. It was it was like, you know, scary. Mm-hmm. You know, they was doing lobotomies. Lobotomies, and, um, yeah. You know, just they didn't really, they would throw you in. If you had schizophrenia or bipolar or something, they would, you know, lock you away in, in the mental institution, put a straitjacket on you. So, you know, it has real legit roots. Um, but I think research has shown that, you know, more humanistic ways of viewing people, you know, as far as, you know, we are our own experts. Mm-hmm. Um, there is so much research about, you know, overcoming um, shame and mm-hmm. vulnerability. If you look into, you know, Dr. Brene Brown, you know, she has like all mm-hmm. kinds of, te- you know, yes, she's, yes. she's like my best friend in my head. She doesn't know again. <laughs> um, but she, you know, her research is groundbreaking. So, right. you know, now you're seeing more and more people embracing the idea of vulnerability that, you know, I'm a real person. I have thoughts. I have feelings. Some are good. Some are not so good. And you know what? That's what makes me human. You know, suffering is a part of the human experience. Right. Once we can embrace that, 
then, Mm -hmm. you know, we can get on with our lives instead of thinking that I'm just going to hold on to it. I'm just going to pray about it and it's going to go away. But if you even look in the Bible, like there's all kinds of emotions in the Bible, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jesus was sweating bullets in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, he was was sweating bullets. Yeah, yeah. You know? One of my favorite. Uh, people, David was 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 the master of emotions. Yes. <laughs> the Psalms, the Psalms, yeah. the, you can read his. the anger, the, yeah. the, the lust, and all that stuff. Yeah, he had a Job. range. Yeah, you know. So when we think, and especially when I, I um, because you know, I I don't explicitly um do Christian counseling, right. but you know, it's it's ingrained in me because, like I said, I was trained theology and psychology. Mm-hmm. So I. I honestly, I can't separate the two, but I think truth is truth. Mm-hmm. So whether I'm talking about the Bible or I'm talking about just spirituality, I just I see such a, a huge connect. It's anyway, yeah, yeah, we absolutely. just it's different language, absolutely. you know. It's so absolutely. it's all the same. Yeah, it's absolutely. all there. Yeah. Um, we 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 often get in the program discussing juggling life and career. First, we started talking about was there work life balance, and then. There's no such thing thing as work-life balance. Um, Are we really more stressed out today than we were back in the olden days? Yeah, that's that's a good one, because I'm I'm sure you have a ton of research on this stuff. And and we just kind of mentioned a little bit earlier just how, like, the pressures seem different today. And they are. Yeah. With just the generations. But, like, I feel like mental wellness and mental health, those phrases are like the popular topics these days too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if popular is the right word, but they're just more present. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think you can talk, I think you, you can, can say talk it, about now. it now. Yeah, yeah which, which, is, good, yeah. which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But d- does it, I mean, are we really more stressed as a society now? It seems like it. It does, doesn't it? It really does. Um, but I think going back, you know, everything's immediate. You know, we, we're in a microwave society now. Uh, yeah. You know, when you get a text message, it's like you're expected to respond like now. Yeah. You know, everybody is has access to you. Yeah. You know, your emails. You know, one of the things when I, I work with um, people who are in corporate America, they, they can't stop checking their emails. Oh my. I'm like, do you know how much mental space oh you're using by just checking your emails? and Every 10 minutes. Every 10 minutes or checking your social media like. You're just using brain space. So mm. break that down for me, or, ju- or just expound on it a little bit. Because w- one, I, I'm a numbers guy, so I like. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't. I didn't get. He to wants to he'll quantify that, that a bit. <laughs> well, not, not, necessarily, not necessarily quantify it, but you know, just with me or nothing. No, <laughs> you have a formula out. <laughs> Put it on a spreadsheet. Hey, Look, I'm, I'm, I'm a professional nerd, so, you know. Uh, but no, like, just, I, I want to make make sure that point comes across yeah. in mm-hmm. being able to uh, take breaks and, and, and put things in a space when they need to be. Yeah. Right? I, I have a difficult time doing that, so. Yeah, because um, everything is immediate. Right. Um, I kind of look at the brain like a balloon. Okay. Right? So, like, every time something happens, like, stressful, mm-hmm. like, you know, you got some type of anxiety, some t- something that happens that, you know, causes some type of distress is more air in that balloon. Mm-hmm. So, when you're checking email or you're on social media, whether you are internalizing that or not, like, that's stress. Mm-hmm. Because, it, you know, your subconscious is constantly, you know... Mm-hmm. Um, 
taking in these images. So right. when we're, when we're seeing stuff on social media, like uh, poli- you know, with the whole um, when we see something happen, like police brutality, mm-hmm. like we feel right. for you know naturally we're gonna feel we're gonna grieve for somebody that we don't even know, uh-huh. and and then mo- over time, like that's more and more stress that's getting added to our balloon. So add that with you know. Your wife is asking you to uh, bring home groceries. Make sure you stop. You right. in traffic. Right. Like more and more air is going in that balloon. That's mental space. What I'm happens when you, you know somebody just you know homework it. isn't done? Oh, pop. Oh, man. There you go. The balloons pop. So we have to find a way to condense that air, right? Because you know, it's gonna fill up. But how do I release some of that air so mm-hmm. that more room can you know? Mm. for more real things to mm-hmm. be, be stressed about, you know? Right. So I can have more room for real things. Um, not to say that they're not real, but it's like, it's unnecessary. Right. And I know we're, we're going to mm. get into mindfulness um, heavier in the, in, the, in the next episode. In the next mm-hmm. episode. Um, and I know that that would probably be one of your suggestions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's break it down. Oh, yeah. Let's Kindred spirits, baby. Kindred spirits. Okay, I got, I, I got one, uh, one more psychological thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. We didn't have ADD when I was growing up. Oh. <laughs> we had, go out and get me a tree lamp. Say the thing about your birthdays, man. Okay. Like one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Guess what I thought about? You guys were sitting there talking about uh, uh, something. I'm like, ADD, ADHD. What is the difference? You got to help me. AD, oh, okay. ADD, well, ADHD. Well, it's ADHD <clears throat> in, okay. in the DSM-5, which is the our Bible for diagnoses right. is right. attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Now, there's three types. There's inattentive type, there's hyperactive type, and there's combined type. So ADD isn't a thing anyway. Okay. So if you're if you're more, you know, you just kind of lose focus, then you're inattentive type. But if okay. you're all over the place, you're hyperactive. But most people have, like, a combination, combination. of both. Okay, here's mm-hmm. what happened. I, think, I remember telling you, I'm in the gym on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. There's a TV. There's a ticker rolling at the bottom with the trades. Down the side, here's the story. There's a man talking to me up here, and up in the corner, there's a lady doing the weather. One TV. And all this stuff has hit me. I'm too old to have ADHD. When your heart... My my hard drive is full. So I I forget my name. I stand in the bathroom door. Did I I start or stop? Let me get a... Okay, I I need to go. So I'm trying to figure out life in its simplest form. And I'm watching all this stuff hit. Now, we did not have that. Yeah. So I look at my grandson who who absorbs information as soon as it's done at five years old. Yeah. I can't even understand how, understand how his, his mind works. Yeah. I watch two-year-old kids in church grab a cell phone, swipe, and find games. Oh, yeah. And they can't even articulate I mean, yet. My, my oh. one-year-old. Your one-year-old did oh. it last week. He knows how to open the phone and find he the camera. He called me the other day. He did I call like, you. <laughs> he did. So, so that call to China, hey. it was made from your phone. I'm just, you I'm just saying. Just like, saying. So I'm looking at the technology, and right. when you just ask, are we more stressed, mm-hmm. there's more instant stuff yeah. There. Yeah. Microwave society. I, I read something the other day because we were doing research on um, workplace burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And I read something the other day that was talking about one of the things, one of the myths. That that's what it was. We were, we were researching workplace burnout, and we ran across this topic about uh, like workplace myths that have to be busted. And one of them was like, 
multitasking is not a thing. Oh, that's not a thing. That <laughs> is not a thing. I wrote a blog post years ago. On, on that one? Yeah. It's not a thing. It's a lot. Yeah, because it's really it's brain switching, right? It's task switching, not right. multitasking. But they talked about, like, just the, the, the gradual, or not even gradual, but the rapid rise of the smartphone in, in, in its integration into our daily life mm-hmm. and how that just like what you were saying, like you're expected to respond immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That has gradually increased our stress levels too mm-hmm. because of the instant access we have to people. Oh, yeah. I think Eric told a story once where, um, you know, as as someone who's at a VP level, used to be able to like go home for a little bit and, mm-hmm. you know, they'll call you or page you, whatever, and they need <laughs> it was you. a disaster. And now today, like they'll call you at three in the morning and if you don't respond, you're in trouble the next day. You know, and it's just like, wow. Yeah. Every invention has been oh taken by, the, the dom- to me, the dominators yeah. of society mm-hmm. and used to further dominate. Yeah. So you yeah. kind of like, you know, being so mindful in that environment. Is, yeah. We are overstimulated all uh, the time. Yeah. You know, so going back to, <clears throat> I, I, a lot of times in, in my sessions, I always go back to like primitive times. So like when we were, first created, mm-hmm. you know, anxiety served a true purpose. Like, if I was getting chased by a lion, I need to fight mm-hmm. or flight. Yes. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> or freeze, yeah. which is also an anxiety response. But if I freeze, I'm gonna die. Yeah. yeah. So, imagine, like, nowadays, we're overstimulated. It's, it's all these lions coming at us all the time. We're mm. always like, okay, I'm, I'm fighting or I'm running. Yeah. You know, like, and it's, All not, the time. it's not physical, but it's not the lions physical. coming at us. Oh, yeah. The lions are emails. Yeah. The lions are text messages. The lions are bosses, coworkers, mm-hmm. all of that. Yes. Politics and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And we're constantly on guard. Okay. Yeah. So what do you do when your when your your brain your body is designed to to heal and to protect itself, but it's an overdrive. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's when the mindfulness comes in place because you have to do something to you know when you when you breathe, mm-hmm. you are interacting, you're engaging that parasympathetic nervous system that right. tells your brain that I have enough oxygen. Mm-hmm. There's no lion right now. I can mm-hmm. I can relax. So mm-hmm. then your brain tells all the signals, all the anxiety signals, okay, y'all can chill out. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But you have to consciously be aware. To go, to go there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So... All right, here, here's what we'll do for the rest of this episode. Probably about 10 minutes. Sorry, because I'm jumping to the next episode. No, 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 no it's, it's fine. I no. need to be mindful. Yeah. Because I appreciate that practice so much, I yeah. wanted to dedicate a whole section. There's so much. I like that. So, yeah. um, so I want to jump back to just making sure um, we talk about the importance of mental wellness. Um, I'm like we, we've touched on it while throughout pri- the episode. Why you prioritize it? Yeah, in your, but but, but in why your we life. need to prioritize it yeah. more? Um, and I guess in that same topic, just like you know, ways that, that that we can get comfortable with the idea that we need this, right? And then after that, I want to touch on uh, just get your thoughts on the concept of finding happiness and that type of thing, because. Mm. That that's been a topic that we we've, we've talked about too. Just how people put so much into work, they think yeah. that work is supposed to make them happy, oh, and yeah. that's supposed to be their joy and all oh, that. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. So let's 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 jump back up and talk about the importance of kind of prioritizing mental wellness a little bit. Thoughts um, on that? Well, like I said earlier, you know, mental wellness 
is just as important as your physical wellness. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody goes around health is wealth. You know, they you know, we eat right, we yep. work out. Yep. Um, but when it comes to that emotional wellness, I think that stigma again mm-hmm. of you know I can't be weak. I can't show my emotions because my emotions are you know make me weak. Mm-hmm. If we can just turn to accept the fact that emotions make you human. Mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. then in that way, it's like it's a priority. So it's like if I'm sick, then I need to do what it takes. You know, I need to take my medicine. Mm-hmm. I need to, you know, eat soup. I need to take a nap. When I'm feeling overwhelmed, I need to have a toolbox. Mm-hmm. I need to know what to do when I'm anxious or when I'm depressed and I don't feel like getting out of bed in the morning. What are some things that I can do to help me cope? So that I can have the strength to get up and to be somebody, right. not suppress and put a mask on and make it seem like I'm okay when I'm not. Right. How can I express my emotions mm-hmm. appropriately at the appropriate times, of course, uh-huh. instead of holding it in all the time? Because that's what's killing us. It's like we holding it in, holding it in, holding yeah. it in, and then yeah. just like, you know. So what, what do you say to, to the... A typical response that I've heard is, man, I ain't going to talk to no stranger about my Oh, my yeah. What's, yeah. <laughs> how, how do you approach someone who, who that's their that's their first reaction to it? Well, you know, I always do, um, I, do a, I do free consultations before I take any new client. Okay. So I do a 15-minute talk, and that's a lot of times that's one of the first questions. Like, I've never been to therapy. I don't know you. How do you know? So by law, you know, therapy, licensed yes. professional therapists are bound to keep your business your business. Right. So, you know, we have confidentiality laws that if, you know, it comes out that you find out that I'm talking about your case or talking about you, I could lose my license. Mm-hmm. You know, so by law, I mean, that creates a safe space that whatever you share with me literally stays with me. Now, of course, there's, you know, times where I would have to break confidentiality, like if you are harmed to yourself or you're going to harm someone else or, you know, I'm court subpoenaed for any reason, knock on wood, never been court subpoenaed. Please protect me from that. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think that kind of helps put them at ease because, you know, even if I'm, you know, Houston's a small city, like I've run into clients before, but I'm not going to approach you and say, hey, girl, right, right, you know, right. because you might be with somebody who doesn't know you're in therapy and now you have to explain, oh, how do you know that person? Oh. So I even explained to them, you know, in that first session that if you see me, I'm not going to acknowledge you. You can acknowledge me, but I'm not going to acknowledge you, mm. you know, because I need to protect your your privacy at all costs. So that's a great way to, to help someone kind of get more that's comfortable nice. with yeah. the idea. Yeah, save space. Not, that's big. That's big. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about the thoughts on like happiness and joy and that whole journey, right? Fulfillment. Yeah. Um, like a while ago, we had done this episode on this where we we're kind of trying to help people uh, readjust where they find their fulfillment, mm-hmm. right? And uh, like one of the things that we were talking about is like if, I think Eric said it, but like if your, if your fulfillment in life is derived from your work you are sad yeah like you're you're in for for a sad ending because at some point that has to end absolutely right so just that whole thing about because i hear i hear this a lot today too um like i'm just trying to be happy i'm just trying to find my happiness 
you know. Mm. I'm just trying to do what makes me happy. Yeah. It's like, but do you know what that means? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a miserable existence when you're attaching your happiness to things outside of you. Yeah. Whether that's your job, whether that's a relationship, mm-hmm. whether that's your kids, mm-hmm. you know, your identity, professional organizations, you know, mm-hmm. athletes go through it all the time. Right. You know, once they get injured, it's like Who it's a I? crisis. Who am I? Mm, so, yeah, goodness. you, we, we have to let go of who we think we are or what we think makes us happy and realize that happiness really does come, it's an inside job. Right. And the more that you let go and the more that you accept, you know, your good and your bad, Mm-hmm. You, like you're you're more free. You know, I'm more free now that I'm not bound by my own judgment. Yeah. You know, I'm not feeling guilty all the time when I do something wrong. You know, I might feel like you you should feel guilty if you do something wrong. Don't get me wrong. But I used to feel guilty when I would disappoint somebody, yeah. even if it were in my best interest. Yeah. So going back to my, you know, uh-huh. ex people, uh-huh. yeah. you know, if I tell somebody, no, I can't, you know, pick you up or whatever, knowing that I had a million other things to do mm-hmm. on the other side of town, I would feel guilty because I'm letting them down. But that that's misappropriated guilt. Like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't feel guilty for doing something that is in my best interest. Right. So um, happiness, essentially, is when you realize, like, you are enough as is. You can't okay take nothing to it. You can't take anything away from it. You can't add nothing to it. You're good. You're good. Feeling that, man. Feeling yeah. That. It, it, it's I need first, to practice that myself. It's, it's we first, all do. It's, it's, it's every day. Yeah. I got to remind myself, wait, wait, I'm enough. I'm enough. Because that's that ego. Yeah. The ego's always going to make you feel like, no, you're not good enough. You know? But you got to tap into yourself like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. There's an old guy that I talked to, faith guy. And love him to death. And he shared with me a couple of weeks ago. He said, "You are happiest when you are not focused on you." Mm. And so he said, "If you're living your life in service, mm. you know, when when we're when we're in a di- when we're helping people, because we all got issues." Yeah, this this yeah. is my happy place this in here. Is man. More happy. <laughs> I just <laughs> heard you say, "I don't work." Yeah, yeah. Work. it's not a so yeah. because you're you're coming out of your passion. Yeah, and I tend the most miserable people that I've ever met. They're looking at themselves. That's true. I've met beautiful people that only focused on their their blemishes. Right. Yeah. I've met wealthy people that only focused on, man, can I get some more money? Yeah. You know, I've met talented people that never focused on, hey, can I make the world mm-hmm. better with this? And every time I meet one of those people, really you know, how could Mother Teresa be happy? She wasn't yeah. wealthy. But man, from her core out, it was yeah. to the world. Yeah. So as I listen to you, I'm like, yeah, one of your. I, I, I got to ask you this before we we, oh, we, we we let you go anywhere. Let's say somebody listening here mm-hmm. would like to know. There you go. How to get in touch with you? Oh, you can find me on the gram at um, I'm at Charmaine. That's C H A R M A I N E underscore L P C. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Not really on Twitter, but I try to be on Twitter. Um, but my website is www.charmainelpc.com. So www.charmainelpc.com. LPC. That is yeah. awesome. And I'll, I'll make sure it's included in the show notes on these two episodes that we're doing. Thank you. Um, before we get out of here on this episode, any final thoughts uh, anybody wants to share? 
uh, I'm not going to call the friends that you know we talk about crazy this week. Let, let's let go of that one. I'm letting that know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. You say not this week. Not this week. <laughs> but I'm going to call somebody you know and love because uh. the basketball season is one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. So I'm going to call and say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. my brother, I want to invest personally into your mental wellness. wellness. Yeah. Is that... <laughs> You know I'm going to get a phone call. You know I'm going to get a phone call back. I might put this out as a teaser clip <laughs> and tag him. <laughs> nah, I mean, oh, that's that's man. my boy. I love him to death, man. Uh, you have anything? Um, Just that, you know, we just, I, I love the fact that we're moving away from using that term. Like, I think I even want to start uh, embracing mental wellness or emotional intelligence, like those types uh, of yeah. terms, because I think the more that we can just normalize, mm-hmm. like these are real emotions that we all feel. Mm-hmm. So I think the more that we can accept that, we'll be better off as as, as humanity, you know? Right. Um, yeah, my, my final thought is <sighs> just take a break, man. You know, yeah. we're going to talk about it a lot in this next episode, but like just take taking a, a, a mental minute Sometimes in the, in the midst of things when they're hitting you constantly, um, it's so 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 beneficial. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's gonna wrap up this episode where our guest is sticking with us for another one, guys. All right. Yeah. <laughs> the next one I'm very excited about. We're gonna be talking about one of the um, one of one of the big one of the big suggested practices to kind of help us de-stress um, and kind of get a handle on our mental wellness. Um, attack anxiety and stress and things like that. Mindfulness, you guys know I talk about it a lot on here. So we'll be diving into that with our special guest, Charmaine Simmons, again. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace.